today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek here. Eric here. How you doing, Eric? Good, how are you doing? We've got a lot of stories to get through, so I want to jump right in. Um, Jimmy Kimmel and Quinta Brunson uh, have made up. And they made up yeah. on his show. So I'm not sure they needed to make up, but I want to no. sort of lay out uh, what happened. Remember on the Emmys, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Will Arnett did a bit where Jimmy drank too much backstage. Yeah, too many margaritas. To, too many margaritas needed to be dragged out on stage. But what was interesting about the bit was he actually stayed splayed out while she accepted her award. They she literally of, had to step over him to give her award. And of course, people were upset yes. saying this is your know, white male privilege. This guy literally laid in her spotlight and she had to climb over him to accept the award she earned she earned it and it was weird because yeah. in the shot initially of her winning the award they were trying to get jimmy in the shot because the bit was still running running its course yeah. and then they zoomed in on her and she allowed to have her moment she also handled it pitch perfectly she yeah. sort of wove him in she didn't seem upset by it or rattled she sort and of they're made friendly a joke with each other they, and they're friendly so she was on his show she was on his show uh and jimmy is always like this so jimmy is kind of an emotional guy. Sometimes he'll do those monologues where he gets, gets a little teary eyed yeah. and things like that. And he, he does have a sincere mode and he goes into it here and uh, li listen to his apology to Quinta. You know, you're a little bit early for your interview. It's after the commercials. Yeah. So you know how when you win an Emmy, you only have 45 seconds to do an acceptance speech, which is like not that much time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then someone does like you get less time because someone does a dumb comedy bit that goes on a bit too long. You know, I have heard of that happening. In, yeah. That was a dumb comedy bit that um, we thought it would be funny. I lost and then I drank too much and I had to be dragged out on the stage. Mm -hmm. And then people got upset. Mm -hmm. um, they said I stole your moment mm -hmm. and um, and maybe I did. And I'm very sorry if I did do that. I'm sorry I did do that, actually. And also, the last thing I would ever want to do is upset you because I think so much of you. It is very kind of you to say that. I honestly was in such a moment of just having a good time. Like, I won my first Emmy. I was up there, like, right. you know, happy. Right. And, um, and I should also say, it was really Will Arnett's fault, the whole thing. <laughs> He drugged me and he dragged me out there. Yeah, I was unconscious. Him. Yeah. Through, um, yeah. Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> this is textbook to me. I, I wanted to listen to, to uh, have the audience sort of hear the apology because he handles it so well. Yeah. There's a little catch in his throat when he says, I want you to know that I sincerely apologize yeah. to you. You can hear that he actually means it, but then he couches it in a joke at the end and blames it yeah. on Will Arnett and she plays it off. And off we go. So the Twitter outrage, fine, but they have now quelled this, and it's yeah, okay. they're they're good. And I also I do appreciate that when he was apologizing, he he said, you know, you're talking about stealing her moment. He goes, I'm sorry if I did that. And then he goes, I'm sorry, I did do that. Yes, I, I let you know that people like I'm sorry if people were offended is yes. the non-apology. And he realized I think it sounded like, oh, I'm sorry if you think I took your moment. And he goes, no, I did take your moment, and I'm sorry. Yes, he he sort of it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect because he's he's sort of taking accountability. When you say I'm sorry you were upset or I'm sorry if I offended you, you're undermining the apology. Yeah. And he catches himself and he says, no, I just want to give an apology. I, I I took your moment. Yeah, and we're going to rectify the situation here so we can move on. This is how you apologize. I think Jimmy Kimmel. And Quinta Brunson sort of did it perfectly. Do I think uh, Twitter sort of being outraged on her behalf was necessary in the first place? Not really. But listen, they pointed out something that could have been going on subconsciously. Yeah. And that's what Twitter was sort of outraged about. Jimmy 
clearly didn't intentionally uh, sort of try to steal her moment. He likes her. They're in the comedy yeah. circles together. But he might have unintentionally done something that was, you know, sort of baked in white privilege. And 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 I sometimes roll my eyes at this, but there could have been that could have been operating on some level yeah. in and the way this played out. And so now we've we've addressed you know, it. He didn't know who was going to win. It, it could have, you know, not been her. But it's, it's still the, the point is kind of there. Like, I'm going to do this bit. And it, it was just a bad bit. It was a bad bit. It was a bad bit. It was a bad bit, and it sort of wasn't worth it. The bit stunk. I mean, yeah. even even on the page, he and Will Arnett, it sort of makes me think a little less of them that they were backstage thinking this is gonna this is gonna go over really well <laughs> because in the best of circumstances, let's say he doesn't lay there and they get up, the bit was a stinker anyway. Yeah. You know, and she yeah. comes and, and accepts know, her award. Their 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 track record's pretty good in comedy, so you know, some you, you try things and they don't work. Yeah, listen, and and I I had said yesterday, and I sort of want to like qualify what I said that that this has raised her profile. I mean, now more people know the name Quinta Brunson because of this controversy. And I sort of said that as, is that a good thing? I don't think it's a good thing. I'm not happy she was is this embroiled your apology? in this controversy. This is my apology because <laughs> I, I think it sounds kind of flip to say like, well, she should be thankful that there's this controversy. No. She shouldn't. It was her moment and it is distracted from the centrality of, of what she wanted to sort of convey to the world, which is I'm a good writer. I got a great show and let's celebrate me. Yeah. And that wasn't the story. It was more about Jimmy Kimmel lying there on the floor and whether she was offended or not. And that's unfortunate. But I do think this moment is perfect. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And and I, and I, I, I honestly, I think she will probably have more chances to make speeches. I, I, I don't completely. see this being her last award. So, and I think it's like it puts a nice bow on it. The problem with a lot of controversies is there's never any resolution. This one to me has a beginning, a middle, and an yeah. end. Jimmy Kimmel ended it. They are fine with each other. Twitter should also be fine with this. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Bad, uh, Baby. Bad Baby. You love this. Mm -hmm. uh, Bad Baby. Danielle Brigoli is uh, going to be speaking at Oxford Union. Uh, it's a debating society. This is, <laughs> I see you seething right now. Yeah. Uh, she has been invited as a speaker. Some of the previous speakers at Oxford Union, uh, four presidents, Reagan, Nixon, Carter, and Clinton, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Dalai Lama, Malcolm X, Albert Einstein, Billy Joel, Billy Joel and Elton John, <laughs> Shakira, uh, but some very accomplished, prestigious people. Yes. And so you think they are trolling. Yes. Yeah, so the Oxford, I, I want to clarify really quickly. The Oxford Union is is a, an association, a debating society that's affiliated with Oxford. This doesn't mean she's a Rhodes Scholar or anything of like that. Not. But she's in, been invited to speak. And what they do is they, they mix the prestigious with the, uh, you know, sort of less prestigious. Uh, sometimes they bring in someone that they just want to make a controversial headline. In 1996, I believe, shortly after the OJ verdict, uh, in the criminal case, they brought OJ out. So they clearly like to court controversy uh, in certain ways. They brought out Marine Le Pen, who is the far-right yeah. nationalist in France. So they are not shy about this. I do think it's interesting to bring Danielle Bergoli to a debating I, society. I don't she's think good with her words. I don't think they're trolling. What I'm do you think is the point because of this? You look at the other people they've had in the past, presidents, you know, musicians, uh, royalty, scientists, yeah. all very accomplished in their field. Could you argue that Danielle Brigoli is not accomplished in her field? She's a leading light of OnlyFans? Y yeah. You, didn't you say <laughs> she said she made, what, $50 million? Yeah, apparently reports are that she made $50 million as, on As that someone who had a weird viral meme on a daytime talk show, you know, the yeah. Cash Me Outside, she parlayed that into a fairly successful rap career. She mm -hmm. had some hits. Then she went into OnlyFans. She's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. She's 
clearly smart. She might not be a Rhodes Scholar or whatever, but she knows what she's doing and she's, she's done managed. it well. She's so, managed her career. I will say the road is littered with, uh, you know, chicken tetrazzini memes and uh, hide your kids, hide your wife who yeah. don't turn that into actual fame and celebrity. And Danielle Bergoli, to her credit, took a moment on Dr. Phil where she said, how so about that? Into in, in, in a real mon- career. Monetizing, I'll give her for that. monetizing virality and, and an online presence. Not, not I many think people you just wrote. The, I think you just wrote the copy exactly. for the, the brochure. They're going to hand, yeah. hand you. I mean, not many people that have done that have done it better than her. And I think a lot of people aspire to that now, especially younger people who are college students. Yeah. Do you think uh, those so, Danielle Bergoli will be? I, I agree with you. Because your your argument is like she, you you think she's not smart enough to be there, right? I think uh, <laughs> you don't want to say it, but that's what you're thinking. <laughs> I think it's strange to have her in the context of of anything with the name Oxford in it. It is strange. But do you this think it's strange I, to have Billy Joel or Elton John or Shakira there? Uh, We're entertainers. Not, I'm not saying anything about, you know, they're very that, smart, talented people, but it is, they're accomplished in their field. Yeah, accomplished in their field. Danielle Bergoli is accomplished that. in her field. Her, her field is the strangest one to be accomplished in. <laughs> well, I mean, music and politics are what you traditionally associate with sort of, uh, you know, higher esteem in society than OnlyFans and virality on the Internet. But you're right. In her in her little quarter of the world, she's important. Uh, what I worry about is when Danielle Bergoli, who has, who has found some success in these realms, goes to Oxford Union, you're expected to sort of convey in a TED Talk kind of way your journey. I don't know that she has that gear. I'd love to see it. Maybe I she does. I would love to see that. Maybe she gets up there with a PowerPoint, a laser pointer, and she's able to <laughs> sort of calmly explain her rise to yeah. success in, in, the, in the terms that you laid out. If she's able to do that and say, you know, uh, she's like, good evening, Oxford. leveraging fame in the age of virality, if she does something like that, I'll be impressed. But, but I'll give her that opening. However she, however she words it or says it, the, the point is still there. The so point is there. You're maybe right. Maybe this is not a troll. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many people... I do think this will be a popular Oxford Union. I think, you know, you, you, bring in, you bring in the uh, sort of leading lights of the political world. It's not as relevant to people in terms of a headline. They've grabbed a headline. Now, what they do with it and whether it's a laughing stock or whether it's something that we sort of pause and think about, maybe she does deserve to be on so, that stage. So you're saying you think Oxford Union is trying to get a viral moment out of, invi- out of inviting her. Yes. So maybe they're not as good at it as she is. It's, it's so maybe they can give possible. her some pointers on how to leverage her appearance there. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of curious to see. You sell her short. I do, I do. I do, and I shouldn't do that, and you're right. I'm going to give Danielle Bergoli her chance. I want to know the format. Like, is she going to get up there and speak? What, what she is best at is sort of banter. Like, when Dr. Phil took her on, what was interesting about that moment to people was that she was entirely fearless. You know, yeah. Dr. Phil is a celebrity. She went on his talk show and the 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 mode that most people are in is like, oh, Dr. Phil's here to discipline me. And they defer to, to him and she did I not. I need to she... look down at the ground and be yelled at and scolded yeah. in, with with sort of, uh, you know, psychobabble. She didn't do that. She, she stood on up the stage. And now it's it spawned a trend of more people do that. But she, she started that when she said, you know, catch me outside. How about that? I want to see her on stage and I want to see her in a combative mode. In a debate. I mean, it's yeah. a debating society. That would be interesting to me. Now, who should she debate? Do you have oh, any ideas? If you I have Danielle know. Bergoli up there, do you bring in Dr. Phil so they can have round no, two? No, no. But whoever debates her is going to say, catch me outside, because they know 100%. that triggers her now. She's trying to yes. prove that she's more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's an easy way to, to needle her. To so rattle you gotta, her cage. We'll have to see. I think I think it'll be fascinating. I'm more interested in the Oxford Union than I've been in years. So, uh, so since, it, since Richard Nixon, old videos of Richard Nixon there. Win-win uh, for everybody. We'll have to see. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I want to move on to my favorite story of the week. And it's only Thursday, but I'm putting it out there that I don't nothing know is going to top this. So in the world of professional chess, there is a huge scandal right now. And we have to set this up a little bit. Magnus Carlsen is a Norwegian 31-year-old guy who is the grandmaster of the world. He's the Michael he, he's, Jordan he's of the, chess. Yeah, the, the, the Tom Brady, LeBron James of chess. It's incredible. He had a 53-game winning streak, which in chess is simply incredible. In any sport, it's incredible. But he is winning all of these matches in a row. He's so far ahead of the competition that it was seen as... No one can beat this guy. Yeah. Certainly not any lesser competition. Well, he went to a tournament tournament called the Sinkfield Cup and lost to an American, a 19-year-old American who was the last ranked player in the tournament. And his name was Hans Niemann. Uh, Niemann beat him. And Magnus Carlsen left the tournament and tweeted, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm withdrawing and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get in trouble. He tweeted a, a video that indicated there might be some sort of scandal brewing underneath the surface. Well, Twitter went crazy and they said, oh my God, Hans must have cheated. Now, <laughs> to play in the tournament... <laughs> so how do you cheat at chess? How do you cheat at chess? Well, you can cheat several ways. You can have a buzzer on you that sort of is connected to what's called a chess engine, which is a computer that tells you the optimal move in any given situation. But... He was frisked. So Hans Neiman uh, was, they checked for wires. He had no wires on him when he played. There's a long video of them actually playing the match. So the speculation, and it is purely speculation, it's yeah. unfounded, uh, is that he stuffed um, beads of some sort into his butt. Some sort? <laughs> uh, uh, you know the anal name. Anal beads. Anal beads. And he mm. connected them to some sort of Bluetooth uh, where it would buzz and give him direction on how to play Magnus Carlson. Now he's beat Magnus Carlson <laughs> twice, but he's also been kicked out of chess.com for a cheating scandal. So people are saying, you're a cheater, and Magnus is Magnus, and this, this shouldn't count. Even Elon Musk has commented on this. Elon tweeted, talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one can see because it's in your butt. It's amazing. <laughs> Elon <laughs> loves this. This is like a perfect story for a guy like Elon Musk. It's got yeah. chess. It's highbrow meets lowbrow. That's who Elon technology, Musk is. It's technology. It's, it's beautiful. But you know, what if this guy did not cheat? Yeah. I, this is like, you remember? I, I, what if he's Bobby Fischer, man? Remember when Marissa Tomei won the Oscar for My Cousin Vinny? Yes. Like 30 years ago. And everybody Famous. said, oh, they accidentally read the wrong name. Like, there were all these theories about how there was a mistake because nobody could believe she was actually good enough to win, even though she was great in that movie. She's phenomenal. And, and in retrospect, and, people love that And it was really hurtful to her. So what if this guy's the Marissa Tomei of chess? He's like, no, I just got really good and had a moment. Yeah, and he's like, how do I disprove this? They frisked me. What am I supposed to do? Well, they didn't cavity search you. And yeah, he, he thinks it's absurd. He has said, look, you're only saying this because I beat Magnus Carlsen. No yeah. other reason. There's been no proof that I had any Vibrating Bluetooth, anal beads. Prostate massager, yeah. people Every are Every time saying. it was his turn, he'd go, ooh. 
people don't want to accept it. Yeah. 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 Oh, so people oh. are watching the video. There's a long video to see if whether he's uh, King Five, <laughs> if there's any sort of jump uh, when he's when he's making these moves. But it's fascinating. Chess is like back on the map. The Queen's Gambit was a huge yeah. COVID phenomenon. And now you got the King's butthole. And it's just <laughs> to me, this is this is the, one of it's the all your favorite things. things. It's all my favorite things merging, merging together because I think chess doesn't get enough credit. I think it is a sport. There's an endurance element to it. I haven't been this excited since Bobby Fischer. I really uh, have. What about it besides chess do you like? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, this is not as fun. Uh, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, has sent two busloads of migrant workers to Kamala Harris's house uh, because she said the border was secure, everything mm. was good. Uh, he said, you know, within hours or, or day of, of that being announced, over 100 migrant workers had crossed the border. So he, this is a political stunt, sending them. A huge stunt. Uh, Sends them to D.C. to her doorstep. Yeah. Uh, let's unpack all this. Um, yeah. So like you said, she she took a lot of flack when she said the border's secure, tried to sort of, you know, quell the the, the hysteria over we have a crisis at the border. And Greg Abbott, to, to, to his credit, I mean, he is the he is the governor of a state that does deal directly yeah. with whatever is going on at the border. And he's saying, look, if you want to tell people this, you deal with the problem. The reason I hate this is this is this is pure well, political theater. It's this using is, human beings as, yes, as chess pieces. These are humans on a bus that he has shipped to Kamala Harris so he could get a headline. And this is, you know, the, the hypocrisy of politics is, you know, when, when people were protesting outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house or when he was having dinner, they're like, oh, you know, you have no privacy at your own home that people can protest. And then you send two busloads of people to her house. It's crazy. Now, what Greg Abbott would say is, look, all these cities also get on their, you know, sanctuary cities when they stand on their soapbox and they say, we will accept all of your migrants. He's saying, OK, here they are. Uh, he's sort of calling them on their sort of grandstanding about the issue. But you, I, he can, the thing he can that do that so because tasteless they're, they're, is that they're people. <laughs> these are the humans. You know, if, if these small towns, these border towns in Texas are being overwhelmed by hundreds of people coming in, that is a legit problem. And, yeah, and there are ways resources to and so forth. And if you want to call out commenters, if you disagree with her, if you know, whatever. But yeah, these are these are humans. These are people yeah. who are there in the first place trying to make money to, to support their families. Yes. And to ship them off to D.C. And then now, I mean, and Kamala Harris has enough money that she could send them somewhere else if she wanted. She can find places for them to stay. But. These are still human beings, and that's. I agree. I agree. That's what's sort of gross about the whole spectacle is yeah. that 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 you lose the human element when you just say, "Here you go," and then he gets to tell his constituents, "Look, look at what I did. How how funny." Well, it's, it's not funny. I mean, even it's if you're funny. even if you want to secure the borders, if you want to build walls, I understand the political differences on this issue. It is a very uh, sort of, you know, there's a feeling in Texas and certain places that. These states don't really understand what we're going through. And I and, and I have some sympathy uh, for that sentiment, but this no, the, is not the way this to is handle not the way. it. This and, is and, just not the way to the, do it. I guess the, the, the analogy of this would be, you know, all the people that are so divided over Roe versus Wade and the abortion issue right now. Mm -hmm. Imagine if, you know, Kamala Harris sent a busload of pregnant teenagers to Greg Abbott's house. You know, that's it's disgusting. Gross. It's just gross. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's coarse. And, you know, to their credit, these, so these, these these migrants got off the bus and they were helped. They were led to to, to sort of, a, I believe, a, a church or some sort of facility yeah. to get uh, their immediate needs at least met. But the but playing chess with humans uh, in this way for to score political points, I just have no patience for. I, yeah, I, and, I think and it's, it dehumanizes it's them. It's like these are just you know, illegals on a bus. Like, no, these these are people. Like, whatever whatever your feelings are about people crossing the border or how these towns deal with it, 
This is not the way. Right. And the problem is his constituents will love this. They, of course they will. will. That's, that's why he did it. That, that was the whole point. It. And until there's less demand for this kind of conduct, you'll continue to see politicians behave in this way because there's just a, a an overall coarseness uh, uh, in, in the political sort of discourse that there's a demand for it and there will be a supply. That's yeah. that's how I see it. And, and that's that's sort of the sad situation we're in. Uh, let's move to a happier story. <laughs> yeah, this somebody, is very, somebody doing something positive. This is a, a, an incredibly cool story. So the founder of P- Patagonia is a guy named Yvonne Chouinard. He's always been a sort of eccentric guy. This is a guy who, when he founded the company, I believe in the early 70s, he lived out of a beat up car. He ate cat food because it was cheap. He's sort <laughs> yeah. of an eccentric guy and he was really into the outdoors. So Patagonia, everyone well, knows. Patagonia represents that as a clothing brand. Its whole thing is outdoorsiness that's and, right. and that's their whole thing. And he lives it. He uh, lives that. So now he was thinking about his succession plans. You know, he is in his 80s now. The company's worth about $3 billion. It's a profitable company. It brings in about $100 million of, of, of revenue or profit a year. Uh, and he's, he's saying, what do I do with this? He has raised his kids to also believe the ethos of we shouldn't have billionaires. And the kids are on record saying every billionaire in, in society is a policy failure. That's just their belief. They say no human, single families, dynasties should amass this kind of wealth. So what he did, a lot of people sort of donate their money. You have Warren Buffett who says, hey, give away your billions over yeah. time. But they give it away over time and they give it to charitable causes. The problem with that is there's no engine to keep feeding it. You just make the money and then you give it to a charitable cause. He's trying to bridge this. He's saying, I'm going to make the company still be profitable, but all of the profits are going to go towards climate change and nonprofit. Yeah, uh, everything sort of, that's not invested back into keeping the company going is going to climate change. Amazing. And It's yeah, fascinating. It's, I love this because, you know, it's it's a... What you know, people who disagree with climate change, whatever. Like, I respect the guys literally putting his money where his mouth is. Like, he's like, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm doing. And uh, they're paying taxes for it. He did not do no. this in a in a, in a in a tax beneficial way. Yeah, there's, this, there's this to- is this seems very sincere. Yeah. Uh, you know, he said they they're talking about different ways they could try and do this. Uh, uh, they said that one way would be to sell the company. Mm-hmm. And but I like he goes now you got three billion dollars. What do you do with it? He goes. But, uh, he said we couldn't be sure a new owner would maintain our values or keep our team of people around the world employed. Which is a very it's practical a concern cause. because yeah. you, you can't trust the person you're giving it to will believe the same things you do. Sure. And once you hand over the keys, they get to run it as they see However fit. They, see they fit. can run it into the ground. They can continue your values. You just don't know. Yeah. And he goes, or we could have taken the company public, but that would have been a disaster. So It's a disaster to go public, he thinks, because then the shareholders dictate what happens and you have to serve their interests. So yeah. if it's owned by the public, you have to go maximize profits and you can't necessarily do the, 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 the social things you want to do, the beneficially social things. Now, what's interesting is people are saying, how, how, will this work? Because if the people working there have no financial incentive to make money because all of the money goes into pro- into nonprofit causes, there's a question as to whether it will continue to drive the engine. A lot of people think capitalism is built because of you can amass you, you can amass this kind of wealth. Yeah. I think it's a great experiment, and I think it actually could work. I think if the, you get the also, right people it, with the right values, to you that can point, do that's this. the thing. The people who work at, at Patagonia. Like we said, this is not just some random, like, he'd not just decided that climate change was his issue. This is something he's always cared about. The company is kind of built around the importance of the outdoors. I imagine if you work for them, you kind of know that. Yeah. And you probably believe it yourself. Yeah. You don't want to spoil the outdoors. That's your whole brand. Yeah. Right. And as you see it crumbling with climate change, you think, well, this is part of us being a relevant brand. So it's actually... And, and, and I don't think it means that people can't, you know, that employees can't get raises or anything because they said all that's going to be baked into this. Like they will deduct what they need for the company. Everything else goes to climate change. Yeah. So if it's like, okay, well, we need to take this much more for employee raises. 
That's fine. It, it, it's just fascinating. Now, some people uh, are seeing this as a chess move. There was a guy, I think, a couple years ago named Barside who did this, uh, but he had very right-wing values. He put all of his uh, money from his company, I think, you know, $100 million in revenue or something or billions of dollars, uh, towards anti-climate change. And so Yvonne Chouinard said, well, if they're going to do this and sort of have this profit-making engine that is geared towards causes that are hurtful to my company, then I need to create something that will be helpful to my company. So we'll have to see how this plays out. A lot of people are watching it closely to see whether a private trust can run entirely in a nonprofit way, but still generate enough profit to continue to feed those goals. It'll be fascinating to watch. I think it's a very, very cool story. So that'll do it for us today. Uh, We will see you tomorrow. All right. Bye. 